I'm Nick White. I'm the knowledge lawyer for the pensions team here at Travis Smith. Welcome to our podcast summary of the latest issue of what's happening in pensions or WIP. This is our regular update on pensions legal developments. This time I'm joined by pensions partner Neve Hamlin to give you a brief outline of some key recent developments. There's much more detail in the briefing itself. You can find it on our website if you're not already there. Just Google Travis Smith pensions. Neve, I'll let you start. Thanks, Nick. So we mentioned last time that the pensions dashboards program had been delayed. Um, there are unspecified technical issues with the dashboards ecosystem and the original staging program was cancelled. We now have a bit more information about what will happen instead. Regulations are going to prescribe a connection deadline of 31st of October 2026 for all in-scope schemes, but guidance, which we haven't yet seen, is going to specify earlier expected connection dates. So the guidance won't be mandatory, but under the legislation, trustees will need to have regard to it. In the meantime, PASA, the Pensions Administration Standards Association, has published guidance about the value data that schemes are going to have to supply. So schemes are still being urged to continue their preparations despite the delays. And we are updating our website article that gives practical tips to trustees on what they can do in order to be prepared. A high court case has considered the implications of amending benefit provisions of a contracted out DB pension scheme between 1997 and 2016 without having obtained written confirmation from the scheme actuary, the benefits would still satisfy the reference scheme contracting out test, which the law required. The judge ruled that such amendments, whether adverse to members or favourable, would be ineffective. There's the possibility of a further hearing and of an appeal and the legislation expressly gives the government power to make regulations to declare such ineffective amendments valid retrospectively. So watch this space. Parliament's Work and Pension Select Committee has published a report on pension schemes with liability-driven investments, or LDI. The most eye-catching recommendation was that the government and the pensions regulator should halt work on the already delayed DB funding and investment regulations and code of practice until the impact has been fully assessed. The committee's concerns here are that the proposals will lead to herding by schemes into the same investments with implications for economic stability. If the committee's recommendations are accepted, we can also expect schemes to have to make reports and disclosures about their LDI exposure and for the pensions regulator to monitor on an ongoing basis whether schemes are maintaining LDI resilience to market shocks. The pensions regulator has refreshed its guidance on how trustees can protect their scheme from sponsoring employer distress. There isn't much new content, but there are some areas where an update was needed. For example, to include information about restructuring plans and moratoriums, which are new options for distressed companies introduced under under the Corporate Insolvency and Governance Act 2020. As you might expect, the regulator focuses on integrated risk management and the need for ongoing engagement with the employer. We've also been helping a number of clients with the implications of the recent capita data breach with help from our data protection specialist colleagues. In WIP, we report on a short statement by the pensions regulator about its expectations, which includes links to various pieces of guidance. Do please contact us if you haven't already, if your scheme and members have been affected and you would like help with any aspect of this. Louise Davey recently replaced David Fairs as the pensions regulator's director of regulatory policy. She's written a few blog posts since she took up the role, and the two most recent ones concern DC investment volatility and ESG disclosures. The DC investment piece focuses on the implications of high guilt yields on DC members, especially those who were de-risking as they approached retirement. 
She urges trustees to be prepared for members to be concerned about falling investment values when they receive their annual benefit statement. On ESG, she explains what the regulator will be doing to check that in-scope schemes have complied with the TCFD climate-related disclosure requirements for statements of investment principles and implementation statements, and then what the regulator will do to review the quality of disclosures with a view to promoting best practice. The government has published its 18-month review of the 2021 transfer conditions regulations, but unfortunately it's inconclusive. They've noted industry concerns about the overseas investment amber flag and transfer incentive red flag, which can in practice obstruct transfers, but don't seem very likely to be scams. But no decision to make any changes has yet been taken. There's going to be further work here with the industry and the pensions regulator, but no timescale has been indicated yet. And finally, in other news, we note proposals for revisions to the UK Corporate Governance Code and we report on the passing of the controversial, though not quite as controversial as it was originally, retained EU law revocation and reform bill. If you'd like any more information on anything in WIP, please get in touch with your usual Travers Smith contact, or you can email pensions at traverssmith.com. You can sign up on our website to be sent email alerts when we publish new briefings. And for more commentary, do please follow Travers Smith Pensions on LinkedIn. Thanks very much for listening. Music